We'll read tonight from Exodus chapter 25. It's good to be in Portland, and I can give you some greetings from Roseburg Saints. And with your permission, uh, when we arrive in Romania, we'll give greetings from the Saints of Portland. They, they certainly enjoy uh, the greeting that they receive from you, so we'll, we'll make sure and do that. Um, in chapter 25 of Exodus, starting at verse 17, it says, And thou shalt make a mercy seat of pure gold, Two cubits and a half shall the length thereof, and a cubit and a half the breadth thereof. And thou shalt make two cherubims of gold, of beaten work shalt thou make them in the two ends of the mercy seat. And make one cherub on the one end, and the other cherub on the other end, even of the mercy seat shall you make the cherubims on the two ends thereof. And the cherubims shall stretch forth their wings on high, covering the mercy seat with their wings, and their faces shall look one to another toward the mercy seat, shall the faces of the cherubims be. And thou shalt put the mercy seat above upon the ark, and in the ark thou shalt put the testimony that I shall give thee. And there will I meet with thee, and I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubims, which are upon the ark of the testimony, of all the things which I will give thee in commandment unto the children of Israel. So, I think we're familiar somewhat that God had delivered the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, gone through the Red Sea. The Egyptians, having tried to chase after them, drowned in the midst of the sea. And, uh, of course, there were some tests and trials right off and a a few murmurings. Um, But God would bring them through as he does oftentimes, uh, I would compare that to new, perhaps a new Christian. Maybe I wouldn't blame you, but me as a new Christian. Um, you know, there are some things we have to learn along the way, and sometimes we don't understand. And I thank God for faithful people that helped me along. Um, hopefully I've, I've learned a few things. But uh, ultimately, uh, uh, Moses was called to go up to Mount Sinai, where the Lord would give him the, the Ten Commandments and other um, uh, ordinances and give him directions. And the, in the uh, this chapter, <clears throat> he begins to lay out the plan for the tabernacle in the wilderness, a place where God would meet with his people. Uh, we consider coming to church uh, a, a privilege, but something we do all the time. And uh, But here, God had a design for the tabernacle, and he laid it out. They brought uh, of their offering, uh, those that offered freely of, of things that could be used. You read of badger skins and things like that. I suppose maybe they, maybe they found those badgers there in the wilderness to be able to find those skins. When I think of stuff like that, I think of Brother Wayne all the time, but nonetheless... Uh, there were different things that he, uh, uh, that the Lord d- uh, desired to uh, construct the, the tabernacle, and then the the articles, the furnishings that went into that tabernacle, um, and he would ultimately put this ark of the testimony. It's interesting when when Debbie and I first got saved, we were in a Sunday school class, new converts, knew nothing about the Bible at all, but I remember the Sunday school lesson was on the children of Israel carrying the ark around. The only ark I'd ever heard of was Noah's ark. 
and I couldn't figure out how they were carrying that around. And, of course, I was embarrassed. I didn't want to ask, you know, and, and it took us a few lessons to then learn about this Ark of the Covenant. Uh, and uh, it, it represented, ultimately, uh, for the children of Israel, the power and the presence of God. And uh, he gives here instructions with the tabernacle, the outer court where the brazen altar would be and the laver uh, of water there, and then of the holy place where the, uh, where the table of the showbread and the golden candlestick would be and the, and the golden altar there. And then uh, the veil that would separate even that uh, and, and from the Holy of Holies, where this Ark of the Covenant would be. And uh, he lays out here, as we read, uh, it was not very big. This, this chest was not, but it was to be constructed in, in a certain way and in certain uh, uh, aspects of this. Sometimes we, I, I get lost in the, in the, the detail of, of a lot of this stuff, but, but the details were, were very important. And... Um, and again, the longer we serve God, we, we learn some details. And we learn how, uh, in order to uh, get the desired result, there are certain details that we need to follow to get that desired result. It, it's, it's not something we can uh, skip through or, or, uh, or maybe not use the desired directions uh, 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 and think we're going to come out with a good result. And uh, so the children of Israel had, had good Directions that, that God instructed Moses and Moses would tell the people. And, uh, this, uh, this mercy seat is what kind of catches my attention. In fact, uh, if, Lord helping us, that 22nd verse was where I have underlined, and there will I meet with thee, and I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat. It seems these, these, these cherubims were constructed in such a way that they were to face each other with their wings outspread, but both looking towards that mercy seat. And as that tabernacle was, was taken down and moved and then put back together, they were, they were very careful how they did that. But my understanding is up, up until the time of of uh, almost the time of, of Jesus when uh, Solomon's temple was built. Um, even that holy of holies, only the high priest could go in there. And only he could go in, and only he could only go in once a year to offer an atonement there uh, upon that mercy seat for the, for, for the whole uh, children of Israel. Well, that, uh, that mercy seat has really significance. In fact, um, the Bible says that herein is love, not that we love God, but that God loved us and gave His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. That word propitiation comes from a Greek word that literally means a lid or a covering. It corresponds to the Hebrew word translated mercy seat. So we find that Jesus Christ becomes our mercy seat. Now, I, 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 think of, I think of old blind Bartimaeus, that beggar, says that Jesus came into to Jericho. And blind Bartimaeus heard He was coming. And he began to cry out, Jesus, thou Son of David, have mercy on me. And those around him, as, as we know, told him, just, just quiet down. 
Don't make such a commotion, so much noise. Because after all, he was just a beggar. He was the lowest of the low. And yet, he was determined. He said, again, the, the more. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And the Bible says that Jesus stopped. And he called Bartimaeus to him. And Bartimaeus stood and, and threw off his clothes of a beggar. And he came to Jesus. And Jesus asked him, what would you have me do for you? And Bartimaeus says, that I might receive my sight. You see, Jesus, or Bartimaeus, he, he, he found the mercy seat. He found a place where uh, Jesus would commune with him. And he, and, and, and the, the Bible says that Jesus immediately healed him and he began to become a follower of Jesus Christ. I, I, you know, I think of Nicodemus. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. The, the, he was just the opposite of Bartimaeus. And yet Jesus told him, you must be born again. You see, even he, he had to find that place of mercy. You know, mercy, a definition, one is compassion and forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish. Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, that the, that the wages of sin is death. We, we have earned punishment. And there is one who has the authority to exact punishment upon you and me, and yet he offers you and me mercy. But when Jesus went and suffered and died on the cross... He said, it is finished. There was a great earthquake and the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, signifying that we don't have to have a high priest go in for us once a year, but that the way was open for you and I to go into the presence of God and approach the mercy seat. I have, I have a grandson I always try to work him into the sermon because he's quite the kid. And he is 14 years old. And just let me tell you a little bit about him. Uh, he was quite sick when he was young and ended up here in Dornbecker's and survived that. And, uh, and God really healed him in a marvelous way. The doctors told us that he would probably be impaired in some way. Well, he's not at all. The Lord really undertook and really healed him. And his mother, my youngest daughter, is not saved today, but even she and her husband acknowledge that God intervened. But he's 14 years old, and he's blonde hair, blue eyes, and he is six foot tall. Uh, he lettered on the varsity soccer team at Roseburg High School as a freshman, and I could go on and on about him. But really what, uh, what strikes me about him when I look at him, I, I think of the miracle of God. But I also look at him at 14 years old and I think back that when I was 14, when I looked like that, I wasn't six foot tall, but when I looked like that, I began to experiment with drugs and alcohol as a 14 year old. That just, that just, I can't believe that. I don't know what I was thinking. And for the next, Five years, instead of being an experiment, it became a habit. And I remember I was 16 or so, and my mom scolded me somewhat, and I was able to quit. 
for about three days. But I, I, it just had a hold of me. But at 19 years of age, I came into a gospel meeting. A lot like this with my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time. We came into a Sunday morning meeting and I saw the people and uh, I thought, there is no way I can be like them. There's no way I can live like this. Don't, don't you know what I am and what I've done? But we came back that evening, Debbie and I did, and I sat in the back because back there no one would know who I was. They all knew who I was, frankly. But I didn't know that. Uh, but at the close of that service, I determined that I would walk all that way, uh, 10 or 12 rows, down to the altar. I got on my knees and I threw myself on the mercy seat. I am so glad that I found the Lord there. He communed with me there. And I was able to say, Lord, if you will forgive me, I will serve you. And, 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 and my life was changed. I'm so thankful for that mercy seat. And I think about this when the Lord said, and I will commune with thee above the mercy seat from between the two cherubims. And I think tonight that mercy seat is open. Whether you're, uh, uh, I mean, I've been impressed with the young people here tonight. Uh, God loves young people. And I was told years ago that when young people are excited about serving God, everybody's excited about serving God. And it's true. Uh, but, you know, whether we're young or whether we're old or somewhere in between, we have access to that mercy seat, even here tonight, for everyone. We don't have to rely on mom and dad. We don't have to rely on Sunday school teacher or, or the preacher or the pastor or anything like that. We can approach God and we can commune with him. And we can just get down. My prayer the night I got saved was, was just simple words. I didn't know these and thous and any Bible verses to quote. I just said, Lord, help me. If you'll help me, I'll serve you. Well, the Lord heard that and he knew my heart. I'm so grateful for that mercy seat. And I wonder if tonight, if there might be someone, if you, if you have a burden of any kind, well, you can approach the Lord tonight. It, it's an amazing thing, really, that you and I can get down on our knees and cry out to God. And we can come in Jesus' name and, and God the Father hears us. And the, God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit are like those cherubims with their wings stretched out, looking towards the mercy seat, just waiting for you and I to approach. Just waiting for you and I to come and just throw ourselves upon the mercy seat and God will hear and answer your prayer and my prayer tonight. We can have a confidence in that, that God still works, that God still saves people, that God still sanctifies people, that God still fills with the Holy Spirit, that God still heals our bodies, that God still lifts us up. I was reading the other day about a certain, uh, I, I looked up a certain medication that someone was taking. And, uh, you know, you, you, you read there the side effects that are possible. And by the time you're through reading the side effects, you're thinking, if I was you, I wouldn't take that. Take that chance. But I, I wondered about someone that's in the valley of decision, wondering if you want to be saved. You're worried about the side effects of being a Christian. Like love, joy, peace, long-suffering, uh, goodness, uh, 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 happiness, joy. Well, that, that's, can, can you afford to do that? Yes, you can. you can. You can afford to throw yourself on the mercy of God tonight and know that He will hear and answer prayer as we sing this song of invitation. You're invited to kneel and pray.